it was like th- I think it was Thursday or Friday night. Um, there's this movie I've wanted to see forever. Um, it's called Bef- Before Sunrise. There's three of them. It's a trilogy. There's Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. And I say like I've wanted to see it for a long time, as if it just came out. It came out in 1995. I'm just like very late to the game. Um, and it's about this couple, and they like they meet randomly, and it's like a super super like romantic thing, but it's like it's like romantic and sad and like happy. So I watched like basically a trilogy of like semi breakup movies. And since it's a trilogy, I watched the first one at like 11, like before I went to bed, I was like, I'll watch this movie. And then I needed to know what happened. So I watched the next two and stayed up all night watching these movies and was just like, totally like, what the fuck? Like they were so good, but they're like super heavy. And then I was awake at 6 a.m. and I watched Marriage Story, which is a movie about divorce. And I was just like, am I okay? Like, is, ever- is everything okay? <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of this string of like terribly sad movies. And you know what? I woke up the next day and I was okay. So, Lily, I think if you didn't stay up watching tragic movies till 6 a.m., then I would be like, something's not right. <laughs> something's not right. She is okay. All right, roll intro music. Just throwing down with Jess and Lily. That makes no sense. You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter, and we'll be a little smarter, and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Oh, alright. On that note, we're throwing down. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. I'm Jess King. And this is the podcast where we are going to not like anything and be negative about everything. Let's jump in. <laughs> so today we have a special victim, I mean, of our abuse coming up here, and that is college sports, oh. specifically college football and the NCAA. Um, but that's no surprise there. They are in a heap of problems with COVID and all those good things. And they are getting themselves into, once again, contradictory statements about where they stand on paying players and how they feel about amateur status of sports. Lily. Oh, this is one of, like, I think athletes should be paid. Any, well, it's an extremely complicated issue, as we have all come to learn. But, um, the... The question for me isn't should athletes get paid, it's how do they get paid, how do you, um, how do you work with the, the sports that bring in income to the sports that spend income and stuff like that, and that's the complicated part to me. The complicated part is not should they get paid, absolutely yes, they should get paid. Or we change the way it looks, what it looks like. We're not going to do that. Just frankly, we're not going to change what college football looks like, so why don't we compensate people properly? This is one of those things where people ask people like you and I, you just don't like anything, do you? You're always mad about everything. And I'm like, it's really one of those things. If you're not mad, you're obviously not paying attention because this should be infuriating to everybody. And there is just, I think we're just so past the point of like, should they get paid? Now with Corona going on with COVID, it just even further hits home that like these athletes are quite literally putting everything on the line. They were before coronavirus. 
And now, not only are they putting their bodies, which have serious, serious health risks when you play football or any sport, um, but now they're just putting their just regular, everyday person health on the line, too, in a system that did not properly plan to manage a global pandemic. They had plenty of time. That's what everybody was saying. The whole point of college football was the advantage they had that professional sports, basketball, any other spring sport had was that they had time. That's what everyone said. They have time on their side. Well, you wasted the time. You threw it right out the window and you didn't make a proper plan. And you had, I don't want to say all the time in the world, you had an entire summer. You have a board of directors that is just paid an insane amount of money. An entire spring. The entire spring, you should have planned for the worst. That's some of the arguments come from, well, we, we thought it would be fine by now, but have you ever heard plan for the worst, hope for the best? Plan for the worst. Hope that this is managed. Maybe a plan by, B in there somewhere. Yeah, hope like, that this is managed by September. But let's be realistic about the way things are looking, which in March, I think for two weeks, we all thought this was going to work out. And then about two weeks in, we were like, oh, maybe this is going to be a little, <laughs> this is going to be a little more long I should have brought home another pair of sweatpants from Yeah, college. exactly. I brought home like two sweatshirts and some socks. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going back. Um and it's just, that's the whole thing is there was a clear, it's, that's why I don't f- like, that's why it's so infuriating because you weren't thrown into this <clears throat> set of circumstances that you had no idea how to handle or no idea what to do when you had all the time to plan for that. And you're not, and there's still met coaches on the sidelines, not wearing masks. The masks they wear are a complete joke. Um, and then they take them off after testing positive And there were three negative tests, Nick Saban, um, but he, there was a positive test, and now it's kind of becoming clear it was probably a false positive. But you're going to take your mask off and yell at a ref? More like the principle of the thing. Like, when you, you just made headlines for people? having coronavirus, and then you're just going to, like, take your mask off. But, like, so before we get into all of uh, the COVID stuff that I, we all can yell about COVID for days, I want to give our listeners a little um, – background of what's going on as of last week so it is october 20th on october 14th uh, the ncaa announced they were changing their rules proposed rule changes um to the board of governors that would allow players to finally profit off their name image and likeness and all the things that most people I seemingly think, a big think is a good idea for college and athletes. that necessarily isn't saying when they say benefit off your name image and likeness we're not saying hey let's give them a salary of x amount of money to play this sport for this amount of years whatever what they're saying is because when you have superstars like a zion williamson or a joe burrow in certain um states and markets and areas of the country they can start getting a percentage of money from their jersey sales, from the autographs, from sponsorship deals, for just being marketable athletes. And they propose this stuff, so they're going to try to benefit off of that. I mean, this is all going to get voted in January. So these are proposed plans, changes. Hopefully they, they they're just plans that the NCAA comes up with. And then you read something like this on October 14th, and you're like, wow, that kind of makes sense. It seems like a nice compromise, you know, to keep people happy. And also something in this change would be a different strategy to their transfer rule where they wouldn't have to have such strict 
regulations on sitting out for a whole year. Mm -hmm. So athletes can then bounce around and take advantage of the free markets in different areas of the country, like I said, and going somewhere where they might be more preferred and do better off financially, also in an athletic sense, but financially for themselves. So super funny because then on October 15th, the next fucking day. Super funny, actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> it's so funny. That was so sports drama. That was so... So now that you mention it, I just wanted to bring up... On the 15th, the NCAA petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court um, to save amateurism in college athletics and to avoid giving players more money than their current compensation, which is really just the cost of attending the university. Yeah. Um, and amateurism so, would define it as amateurs are not professionals and the definition of that's why they cannot paid. be exactly. And here's the, the funny thing about all this was that in March of 2019, um, a couple of people, including a West Virginia running back, Sean Alston, they took this to, they took the NCAA to court and a district court uh, judge had said, issued a permanent injunction saying that, NCA's limits on compensation goes against antitrust laws, and it's just not a fair restraint on the trade that these athletes are doing. So basically saying what the NCA is doing is wrong. Um, so they say, what the fuck? That's not fair. I'm going to petition this to, to paraphrase, the Supreme Court. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> to paraphrase, what the fuck? Uh, so they want to get rid of that so they can not really pay players. So in their petition, it says, quote, the decision allows unlimited payments to student athletes so long as payments like uncapped internships can somehow be described as related to education. Um, by permitting such payments for student athletes play, play, the decision will transform student athletes into professionals, eliminating pro-competitive distinction between college and professional sports. Consumers will likely come to view NCAA athletics as just another form of minor league sports. That's the NCAA's defense in this petition. Like, what are you doing? We're not going to be able to pay players as much as you want because then they might as well be professionals. Mm -hmm. So here's my question for you, Lily. What's so bad, and they said it themselves about viewing the NCAA as a minor league sport. What's so bad about viewing the NCAA as kind of like a minor league sports stepping stone? Isn't it kind of like that anyway? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. I guess the argument... I don't even, this isn't even an argument, but very few college athletes make it to the professional leagues. Um, and uh, that's the super complicated aspect of this, of like division three schools, athletes there will not be compensated in the same way that Trevor Lawrence is going to be compensated or Joe Burrow would have been. And that's, that's where I think people try to bring up why you can't play college. Athletes. Well, it won't be fair. I don't know if you've been paying attention lately, but life's not fucking fair. But I think that's where the argument starts for, okay, well, we can't pay them because we can't pay everybody a million dollars. Well, I don't, I don't think anyone's asking you to pay them a million dollars. I think people are asking you to acknowledge the broken system, acknowledge that it's created a culture where athletes are exploited. Athletes of color are exploited by white directors, white coaches, um, and they're not being compensated at all. And they're given this narrative that this is, this is what you've worked for. This is what you've worked your whole life for, and this is going to be your shot. So college football is where you need to be. This is your shot. And if you work hard enough, you might make that 1% that makes it to the NFL. Will you be? 
I don't, no one can say. You could get injured tomorrow. You can, it, no one is to say. So in that, when you're adding that level of commitment, the level of time, the, the, the days, the hours, the summers, I think it is just only fair that there is some kind of compensation for that. And I, I don't, it is truly baffling. That's my opinion. It is truly baffling to me that anybody would argue differently, that they don't deserve to be compensated. And compensation, that's, I think, where this divide comes in of, well, it has to be fair. Pay everybody, here's an idea, and this isn't the right idea by any means, pay everybody a flat rate. Every single college athlete, no matter what sport you play, no matter what school you're at, pay them a flat rate. Then let them profit off of their image and likeness. So Joe Burrow can have a shoe deal. And Joe Burrow, who's putting, who has become a big marketable name, can profit off of that, can benefit from that. And it's not done by the NCAA, but the NCAA is allowing him to say, I'm an extremely marketable guy and I want to be compensated fairly for that. He's also being compensated by the NCAA in this theory of like everyone is paid a flat rate or whatever. So I feel like their first step is like name, image, and likeness. And it's so funny because I feel like that's the most complicated system to figure out how to mm -hmm. pay someone aside just saying like, hey, let's give a flat rate. Because even then, like we, you know, we know, all know that the NCAA is a monstrosity money generator. Yeah. Like, so when you just say like a flat rate, you, it like, it seems so like easy, I feel like to say. And then like, I think so many times of how many like colleges there are across the entire country. But anyway, like this name, image, and likeness thing, like is the most complicated thing to try to figure out a system to pay people by, but like, it's the one that they're tackling first. So I feel like they're in their little brains at the NCAA. They're like, oh yeah, let's just do this. And then we have till January to figure out a way to blackball it for something us. to hold everybody over so that everybody's Right. And just like, them. hey, we're trying this out. And that's, that almost, it makes sense in their defense because there is such a disparity in numbers, viewers, and like money generation between like college football and college basketball versus like you said, women's lacrosse mm -hmm. for like a D3 or even a D2 school. It's just different, the money that it brings in. Yeah. And I feel like this is them trying to work it out, but this whole thing pisses me off. It's like they said to like the media, hey, so you guys want the good news or you want the bad news first? Do you want the good well, news first? Here's the good news. But then on the 15th, oh, yo, here's the bad news. Yeah. Like we're totally going to try to wrap this back in our place. So when California, Colorado, and Florida want to try to come at us from the state level and say like, Hey guys, actually, I know the NCAA like exists, but like in my state, I don't want amateur sports to exist. I think we need to pay all of our athletes. And then the NCAA says, psych bitch, like see you in court. Like I'm going to the Supreme Court with this shit. Like, yeah. Well, then I it's think kind of shady. Was, this was a big thing when California did that because it was, it puts huge pressure on other states to do it and other schools to do it. Because if California is allowing athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, What's to stop any athlete from only ever going to a California school? Have fun. More power to you. I'd do the same exact thing. Why am I going to go freeze my ass off in fucking Utah at, when I can go to sunny California and get paid for it? 
thank you next so um, it's like totally saving their ass and it's like obviously that would never work though like I, people there would be such a high demand to play athletics in those states that it would make the level of play i think like unfair but like fairly like i think like deserved because they got rid of the amateur status and now the NCAA is like, I want to make this a federal thing. So no one can overrule me because I'm the NCAA. Like I want to be in charge of the institution that I created that is inherently and wildly unfair. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I guess like kind of to start closing out this argument of it is that first of all, I don't want to say I have any of the answers. I don't before everybody gets mad at me. I, I right. don't work for the NCAA. I don't know. These are my thoughts and opinions on ideas. If, if you want to take any of my ideas, feel free to go for it. Um, but I think it's just such a complicated issue. And I'm not saying that a flat rate is the answer. I'm not saying that the name image and likeness is an answer. I'm not saying a sliding scale salary generator is the answer. What I'm saying is that in an institution that has the money and the manpower that the NCAA has, you should have the team working, working hard to come up with a solution, come up with a few solutions. That's the whole thing. I don't think I have the answer to how you fairly compensate athletes. I don't really think anybody does right now, but I think that there needs to be serious, serious steps and putting together some ideas. There's no bad idea in a brainstorm. Let's see what we can come up with. That's and the I whole feel like thing. they're totally half-assing the approach. Well, because they don't want to do it. That's what I mean. I mean, I, I don't know. Like think of anything I've ever that. not wanted to do. Like, <laughs> like, I'd rather you just, like, not do anything than... Stop. If you're going to not do anything, don't work against us. Just don't do anything. Right. Just be there, existing as a roadblock. <laughs> Um, so in the argument of compensation, now we've added this other level to it of everyone's risking their life and risking catching COVID to play college football in front of fans, which is something that most NFL teams haven't even allowed. So, and I would just like to say, based on the pure facts and not my opinion, it is going extremely poorly. <laughs> no, you're going with that. <laughs> and that is not my opinion. That is purely based on science and numbers. And I know a lot of people aren't, are, aren't really doing the whole science thing science lately. Stuff. I don't know why. I really, I think if you guys aren't Take on the science. science and put it over there. <laughs> if you aren't on the science train now, I suggest hopping on. It's a great time. Things make a lot of sense. You can actually make educated decisions in terms of like your health and uh different just things going on in the world i just i had just makes sense (laughs) 10 out of 10 would recommend to a friend um no but the sec in particular has been an absolute dumpster fire of coronavirus um the one of the biggest a few of the bigger headlines being that Um, Nick Saban, as we mentioned, uh, the Alabama coach tested positive for coronavirus and was coaching from home via Zoom um, and had uh, multiple tests after that. And he tested negative for three straight days in a row. So per the SEC protocols, he was able to return to practice and coach the game. Um, So they do think that that was a false positive. Great. Um, And this is a direct quote, most 
of the LSU football team and their coach um, contracted coronavirus. Um, and also Florida coach Dan Mullen also um, contracted coronavirus after arguing pretty, pretty hardly that um, Governor Ron DeSantis um, uh, should allow that their stadiums be at full capacity. Um, which is just like it's such a bad idea. I have to say, the truth really is. If I great. can't sit down at a dinner table to have dinner with no more than ten people inside or outside, why are we? Why the hell are we letting irresponsible ass college kids in a fucking stadium? I'm sorry, I graduated college not so long ago. I'm still a moron. <laughs> like, I don't think we should have any right to be all up in there. And I think there are definitely, definitely people stupider than I am at, like, some SEC big football school, like, running around, sharing their jewel, coughing everywhere with all their friends. Really, like, the whole, the whole, the, the um, intersection of jeweling and coronavirus is really just it's incredible i mean that's probably why we're so <laughs> far into well and there's now. a huge like it causes like jeweling causes huge lung issues oh yeah it's a so i'm like people problem. i've seen people like on the street jeweling and i'm like do you know do you really like do you know what's going on um, it's like a problem now like it's gonna be a problem in like another 20 years well so that's the thing. But anyway, I think like my whole thing with this college sports and fans, like I always thought with the pandemic going on and when schools were opening back up after summer, I thought it would be a really, really good idea if colleges across the country spent a lot of their time and resources in, yes, developing and having a plan to come back to school in real life, in person, but also I think it would be straight up foolish for any organization institution to not come up with, like we said, a plan B or a plan to have all of their classes remote because when I'm comparing it to C through M here, like when I, when I'm comparing it to middle schools, and I know a lot of like schools, like high school, middle school, elementary schools are doing two days a week in person and the rest of the days at home. I don't really my problem is with virtual learning for kids. Um, I, I don't think it's that effective, but I mean, I think they're doing it really well. Whereas college kids, I think, can be held to a higher standard of they can get more done, they can learn more, and they're more, they have more, I don't know, like they can Free just time. figure out online classes they better. They probably have, have a parent laptops. teach them, a parent that's working, help them with the computer. Listen, <clears throat> I'm just going to, this isn't saying but like that this is also in the other hand of this but, is like college kids back in college have way too much freedom to run around and party all the time that like kids in middle school when they leave school they're just going home it's not like you're up in school like away for school and once class is done you're, you're probably just gonna go party with your friends and you're probably well, no, gonna go I to mean, that hundred person tailgate i'm not college. saying this is the only argument for it but like our half online semester that was i mean if we were living through a global crisis that was those my grades were the best they'd ever been like, it was just super, like, right. I just, I truly, I had so much time. Like, we couldn't leave the house. And I you're, had so you're much more time. used to, at this point, doing work, like, online, where I feel like colleges, I definitely, so basically my whole spiel here ends with, I think that all colleges should have been virtually online. And with that, I think if they really, really felt 
an overwhelming desire to play college football like they have. Keep the athletes on campus. That's fine. But everyone else needs to be home. They don't need to be at the games. You can watch it on TV. You can be at home. And I guarantee, I can't guarantee shit because I'm not a scientist actually, but I think that there would be way less cases. And then you'd only have to worry about containing your football players from the facility to wherever they live in that area, not from the facility to a girlfriend's house or to their friend's house or to go party. Cause like, guess what? All their bitch asses are partying. Like, I don't care about who's the starting quarterback of whatever fucking team. Like that's just how it is. They're in college. You you can't do anything about that. Well, and, and that's, I mean, that's what you could have done was make it all online. That's showing. And that's what, um, this is this whole breakout. So from the, the LA Times reported on Nick Saban's uh, positive and then later negative tests. And I just wanted to share this sentence because it's like the most Southern sentence I've ever um, read. Um, it's among the reddest of red states, a place where the virus has been invited to get comfortable, sit down with a sweet tea and stay a while is how they describe um, Nick Saban in Alabama. Um, but so, oh, God. That's, so here's the whole it's thing. So Saban chillingly accurate. was able to go back because he tested negative three times. That's their protocol. I don't really know how much I trust that protocol, um, honestly. Me either. But he was then caught on the Saturday broadcast with his mask below his mouth yelling at a referee. Now I'm saying there can be false positives. There can also be false negatives. And the laws of probability tell us that the, a false negative before doesn't mean anything, doesn't change the probability of there being a false negative tomorrow or the next day. So that is just completely seems irresponsible to me. And Nick Saban is someone who people have said has been doing, a, he's, they said he was very shocked when he found out he tested positive because he had been so serious. He said he wears a mask everywhere he goes. He tries to instill well, like that in his one players. One of those things aren't true then. He you tries to I mean? instill that in his players. And then he's seen on national television. You want to see, he, he makes this thing about setting an example. And then you're seen on national television yelling at someone, literally spitting in their face without a mask on after testing positive four days ago. Like, you know, watching and that then, in HD, we saw all your spit flying and then on the screen. Really, like, the truth is stranger than fiction. Because then Dan Mullen, the Florida coach, begging there to be 90,000 people in the stands. Um, test positive for coronavirus florida has a 12 you can't make this shit up uh, florida has a 12.5 positivity rate of coronavirus that is off the charts and that's the whole thing sec commissioner said the advantage that college football has in planning is time and you know what they wasted it but so now here's the most tragic thing about all this is like something that you've hinted at too <clears throat> with like Nick Saban trying to hold himself like accountable and his players accountable during all this, like mask, great, PPA, PPE, like safety, whatever. And then he's not wearing a mask like on TV when you could say it matters the most because you are on TV. Like people, kids, like everyone looks up to these college football coaches. The coaches are the faces of the organizations, like of the teams. And here you are wearing your mask around your whole face covering every part of your face but your mouth and your nose the most important things and you're yelling at people you're spitting of course you're breathing on them and you're not wearing a mask on tv like we just saw a couple weeks ago in the nfl where a bunch of coaches were fined a lot of money to not to for not wearing masks and it's like where's the fines ncaa because if i'm living in a world where i'm comparing 
telling like the NCAA to follow the NFL's ruling. Like I'm terrified. Well, how are they doing the right thing? It's like later on, we find out that quote, most of the LSU players and the coach have tested positive for coronavirus. LSU officials declined to publicly say precise counts or percentages of their players, which eh, I feel like that's important information on a college campus. And now here's the other thing. According to the SEC protocols, players who recover from COVID-19 don't have to be tested for another 90 days. I want to be very clear and this is something that I trust coming from the scientists, we know so little about this virus. We know so, like the flu, take the flu. It changes every single year. There's a mutation or whatever. The flu has been around for centuries. This disease has been around for eight months. You think you know enough about it that anybody knows enough about it to say that you don't have to be tested, that you're definitely going to have antibodies. They found that not everybody has the antibodies after contracting it. And you're going to let them right. walk around without being tested in colleges and classes, on planes, in airports, on football fields, coming into close contact in a full contact sport with other people. The coaches are talking these cliche sports talk about athletics building character, and that's why we need college football. But they're failing to lead by example when it comes to the most basic act of good character, which is human decency and respect for the health and lives of others. Then let's get into this now. The Journal of American Medicine did a study and found the connection between coronavirus and myo, I'm going to pronounce her wrong, myocarditis which is causing sudden cardiac arrest in athletes. The study found 15% of COVID-19 positive athletes had evidence of myocardias, this heart disease that I can't pronounce. Um, Even though when they had coronavirus, they're asymptomatic. So these asymptomatic, they recovered, they're fine. We don't know that that's completely true. This could have serious long-term health effects for athletes that aren't getting compensated fairly that are being exploited by the ncaa and it's absolutely ridiculous they keep preaching why athletes need football why america needs football and they're seemingly trying to protect their athletes from having a lost season but we all know who really needs football it's the coaches the booster clubs the athletic directors the athletic departments the thing they're not protecting their athletes from is long-term career ending medical conditions that could seriously impact their health their career and many other things elementary schools can't open there are children who can't get school lunch because we didn't take this seriously enough and you're sitting here and telling me that there should be 90,000 people in a state packed into a stadium where there's a 12.5 positivity rate, it is so clear how not seriously anybody's taking this. And there there are going to be serious health consequences for athletes that have been exploited for far too long. It's honestly gross. And I think the best way to end this rant as I usually end all rants is NCAA. Do better. Do better. Like college football coaches, do better. Do better. College athletes. It's not cute. It's not cute athletes, anymore. <laughs> you don't. You can be a better example than your coach is being, and uh, I'm not blaming you, but you can be because they're being put into this situation that we don't even know if they want to be put in. So that's the thing. If you're, if like, I hope that these athletes are smarter than that. 
and know that just because their coach isn't leading by example doesn't mean they can't because they can't because people still look up to them and kids look up to them. So be better than the people around you. We should always strive for that when it comes to something like this. Protect public health, protect the lives of other people. It's basic human decency. And guess what? It's not hard to wear a mask. I've had enough of that argument. I have had I don't, I'm not the mask biggest fan, but guess what? I wear my mask all hours of the day when I work, I bartend. I wear it when I go to the store and like, I just suck it up I've and seriously, like, deal I've, with the pimples that grow on my face I've because of it. I've taken like, wait, like wait too long grocery shopping. Like I'm just so like, la- like all over the place about it. And I've just been in the store for far too long and wearing my mask the whole time. I get in the car, start driving home and like halfway home, I realize I'm still wearing my mask because I'm just like- I have it on all the time. Because it's just like, it doesn't it just bother hangs. me. It's just, I'm used to it. Like I feel it and it's fine. Like so, it's always over my face, but then sometimes I just let it hang. I was in my, I was at my friend's house. They were like, hey, Jessica, you know, your chin it's just like on. three of us here. Like, you don't need to have your mask on if you don't want to. And I was like, I just like forgot about it. Like, you don't fine. feel it. So anyway, NCAA, do better, guys. Do better. Everybody, individuals do better because we need and, to. And guys, it. remember, vote. 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 Register to vote. The link is in the description. Make a plan for voting. The link is in the description. Vote. Um, because let's solve this so that we don't have to have this same argument about college football next year. That's right. the whole thing. If they're- if 2021, do better. 2021, <laughs> do better. If anybody's bragging about low, low numbers of coronavirus in college football or whatever, one case is too many cases. I know that Major League Baseball has not had a positive case in like 50-something days or whatever. That's great. However- the spiking cases they had before, I'm glad they managed it. One case was too many cases. So we can't be making this argument, well, only five people got it. We don't know what long-term effects this disease has. So one person catching it is too many people catching it. Let's just like be on the same page about that. So let's get into a lighter note and talk moment of the week. Jess, what do you got? Okay, so like I said before, this has been like a really long week. Like I can't believe it's Tuesday already. And then by the time the day's halfway over, it's going to be Wednesday already. So the most memorable part of my week this week was the Astros losing to the Rays and not going to the World Series because they fucking stink. Um, Yeah, that is – I'm – I mean, in my personal petty ways, I'm glad that the Red Sox are still the only team to come back and win from a 3-0 deficit. So I felt like personal about it. Um, two baseball like moments. It unified of the week. America, though. Like I the know. Astros losing. Like, two baseball moments of the week. Let's go. Yes. When does this ever happen? Because mine is the Dodgers. Just the whole game. The um, game on Sunday. Phenomenal baseball game. I did Cespedes Family Barbecue tweeted like attention people who only watch three hours of baseball a year make this one of your hours because it's very good. The whole game was crazy exciting. Dodgers ended up coming back to win um, after being down and most of the action happened in like the last three innings of the game um, or that's when I started watching and it was very action packed from there. Just stellar, stellar baseball to watch. Um, it was like, yeah, you watch that game and you're like, <sighs> I'm glad that they're going to the World Series. Oh, I know. Yeah. It was like a great performance to get paid off that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So vote on what you thought the moment of the week was on Twitter and Instagram at throw and underscore down. And let's talk tweets of the week. You go first. Okay. 
Um, I, I didn't, usually I bookmark like 80 tweets and I'm like, Oh, which one do I pick? I didn't really, I didn't have a lot this week. Um, so I'm going with my, they're always like the most random funny things and I love it. Um, okay. It, this, it's not what I tweeted about it, but I was sent this video. I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure out how to like include the audio, but I might. Um, I was sent this video on people voting at Fenway Park. Um, and my really close friends sent it to me and it's this girl being like, you know, I wanted to come vote at Fenway, um, uh, because we've been stuck in the house for a while voting for Joe Biden. Wish I was voting for Bernie, but you know, it's a team sport. And she's like holding her Dunkin' Donuts coffee. She's super animated. She looks so fun. Um, and my really, really close friends sent me that tweet and they were like, my friend Megan was like, it doesn't sound like Lily, but I honestly, for a second was like, have I not seen Lily? and long enough that this is what she sounds like now because this so reminds me of her. And it was really funny and I watched it. Moments later, I was sent the tweet by um, a friend from high school who I don't talk to like regularly. So it was super, he was just like, hey, this reminds me of you in the best way possible. Then my other friend Megan tweeted it at me and so then I just tweeted it because I was like, okay, everyone keeps tagging me in this and I just wanna say to the girl in this video, if, you're wa if you can read this, um, be my best friend. Um, but the tweet that went with it, which is my tweet of the week, is Boston will never Boston as hard as it at, as it can. Boston will never not Boston as hard as it can, and I love it so much. And I was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> get your donkeys. Get down to Fenway and vote, people. She said donkeys, and I was like, just the way that she – It would be like you. one of those words. Like, I've never heard you say that, but it was like the way she said like donkeys. Fenway Park. I was like – Oh my god, is this like actually Lily or is like did No, I don't say kidnap Lily and like people would say that in like when we were in like middle school and it, it always I don't know it kind of it's like, like one of those donkeys. words that just doesn't sit right with me. I just got like Duncan. Um um and it's funny because everybody's like, "Oh, well you drink Duncan all the time." And I I really don't think I I do. Like, you don't I drink Duncan all the I time. I drink Starbucks more. You drink Starbucks. Out of here. Well, here's the thing. I drank Starbucks more in New York because there's one on every street corner. Like I did when I lived in Boston, which I do now, um, I drank Dunkin' all the time because there's one on every street corner. And then in New York, there was a Starbucks in every street corner. So that kind of became my thing. Um, and so I, I go to Dunkin' more than I used to, but I still, I think I got kind of like hooked on the, the drinks I get at Starbucks. I'm also like a big, my coffee order is like weirdly specific. And they don't have it at Dunkin', so that's like my thing, I guess. Okay. Right, yes. but I feel like you're totally a Starbucks girl over a Dunkin'. I hate that I'm like considered anything. You're like, you're such a Dunkin' girl. You're such a Starbucks girl. You actually that. make coffee like at home more I than I feel all. like people would expect. So I actually just like one more point on this before we get to your treat of the week. I made it a point when I was in like high school, um, more, uh, more maybe more so college. I wanted to be able to enjoy a crappy cup of black hot coffee because I wanted to be able to enjoy coffee wherever I was. So like if I was at a hotel and that's like all they had, I wanted to be able to enjoy that. And right. I, it's obviously not my preferred thing, but like if that's all they have, I'll take it. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my thing is like, I kind of like it and all it's like, there's, it's hard to find a coffee drink. I dislike, um, actually anything with like way too much, like I don't, I really don't like the taste of like creamer. 
there's just something about like it tastes like sugar but it also tastes like milk and i don't, I don't really like, like creamer i don't i don't like it either like i don't i don't like half it's just and too half thick. like i would never like i sometimes at at marist they would only have half and half like at the on campus starbucks and i did not like it at all half and um, half you have to use like a little bit of it that's use, why. no i would use like a splash um and then it just like covers the whole coffee it covers the whole thing and i was always like so blown away by that because i only ever use milk and coffee um so what do you got tweet of the week okay all right my tweet of the week (laughs) it's actually really funny um guys i don't think andy dalton is as good as dak prescott (laughs) (laughs) and if you missed what happened the other day uh in the cowboys last night in the cowboys cardinals game uh Good thing you missed it because it was gross. Oh, there was another tweet. I'm going to give this honorable mention. Mark Spears tweeted this. I'm not going to be able to find it because I didn't bookmark it, but I'll, I'll give the gist of it. It was like, can we vote for a new America's team on November 3rd also? And I, <laughs> I was cracking up. Right. Um, we should do that. Because so. also Dak Prescott is still leading the NFL in passing yards, I think. I read that somewhere just still this week even though he's been out so that means he did such a phenomenal job no one he really was a fantastic it. fantasy quarterback for a while yeah. i was winning for quite some time um i mean i hope you guys are my fantasy. also team. like be well to him be well be well Dak prescott really um this has been another angry episode of throwing down which we will not apologize for this has been thrown down with jess and lily i'm lily caffrey levine i'm jess king and before we go Remember, it's never just sports. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.